I think it's really good to joke about suffering every now and then because it's comedy that I think something that's so important now in my life because it is the best antidote to healing scars. I mean, no prescription drug, just people sharing their story and making fun of their traumas is the best in the world to be able to do that because it means that life is hard. (laughs) But no matter what, if Shakespeare farts while he's delivering a speech about to be or not to be, I'm still going to laugh because that's so human. ADHD Rewired, episode 206. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. If you asked me what I believe in, I would say I believe in you. And I believe in me. And I believe in us and our community and in humanity. I believe that we can overcome adversity and that we are all stronger and more capable than we believe. I believe that you and I have the courage to do hard things, to have tough conversations, and to go after our dreams, knowing that we probably will fall down along the way. I believe in our resilient spirit and our ability to do really hard things. And I believe in the power of ADHD Rewired's coaching and accountability groups. I do sort of have Eric in my head now. And you said that all along that things can be hard, but I can do hard things. And that's become like a mantra to me. So helping to break things down and not beating myself up about the timeline so much, but putting it onto a realistic timeline and then just working through it day by day and just picking away at it. That's really helped. And it might seem like magic, but it's not. It's ADHD Rewired. To join our upcoming spring sessions starting April 9th, schedule your registration interview with me at coachingrewired.com. I can't wait for you to find out what is really possible. Don't wait. Registration will be over before you know it. I had no idea how much I needed it. I had no idea. I didn't know what I'd get out of it, but worth every second. That's coachingrewired.com. If you missed the ADHD Women's Palooza, it's okay. You can purchase the recordings of all 33 speakers at ADHDrewired.com slash palooza. That's ADHDrewired.com slash palooza. That's P-A-L-O-O-Z-A. Support for ADHD Rewired comes from our patrons over at ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. Thanks to our newest patrons this week, Randy, Erica, and Rebecca. I really appreciate your support. As of February 16th, we only need 11 more patrons to hit our February goal of 85 patrons. And if we hit it, all patrons will be invited to take part in an epic mastermind event. And if you are a supporter at the $5 a month level or more, you can get a chance to sit in the hot seat which is more like a warm massage chair surrounded by people who are just like you who are all there to support you. 
Our patron-only 75-minute adult study hall is coming up November 27th at 8.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 Central, 1.30 Eastern. The Zoom link will be posted a day or two before the event. So add to your calendar, check Patreon for a link to Adult Study Hall. If you value this podcast, the community, our live Q&As, then I'm asking you to put a price on that, which I get it. It's kind of weird because you could keep listening to this for free, but this show is not free to produce. It costs me between $450 to $500 a month for post-production, editing, show notes, and it doesn't even include the website maintenance or hosting. If this show has helped you understand yourself better, if it's helped you accept yourself more, if you've learned strategies or other tips, what do you feel that's worth to you? $5 a month, $10, $20 a month, maybe just a dollar a month. Whatever you are able to do is great. And if you're not in a place where you can support us on Patreon right now, you can show your support by telling someone else about the podcast and helping them subscribe or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. But maybe this will be the week where you become a patron. If you're not in a place where you can do it right now, grab your phone. You can use Siri if you have an iPhone. Say, remind me when I get home to go to ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And thanks. Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. I'm here today with Logan Tyler Nelson. He's the creator of the Scratch Your Own Itch podcast, where he inspires and motivates listeners to scratch your own itch so they can grow personally and professionally. He's a performance enhancement expert and published author on Thrive Global, which I just admitted to Logan that I actually didn't know what that was. So maybe you're with me and maybe you're like, how do you not know what that was? He graduated with a BFA in acting from NIU and is now sharing his story and his why. And his why has to do with, uh, well, I'll let you share your why, Logan. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, it's a. It's we're starting. We're starting right. Right in the hard right stuff. Right in the hard stuff. Right. Like no, we're not going in. The, we're not easing up to it. That's fine though. That's I love that. Um, first off, it's so odd when someone the ever says your bio and you go, "Oh, that's my bio." Like that puts me in a different state of mind than I was when I first started it. And the the reason why it's it's always about like. Where do you come from? So where do I come from? I come from uh, just going through certain traumatic events that's all relative to me. Um, someone may hear this and go, wow, that's really bad. Or someone may hear this and go, wow, that's that's not bad at all. So uh, to me, my uh, scratching my own itch, I guess what I dub it is, uh, I am really, really, really obsessive with things. And when I get obsessed with it, to it so much to a degree I want to become a professionist in that area and um, uh, not that I've ever been diagnosed with ADHD but I certainly become hyper focused on things and when the hyper focus starts to come in uh, it is like if you try to take me out inside I feel like someone is trying to take away my identity and all that I stand for 
And I graduated, like you said, from NIU with a BFA in acting about five months ago. And I found myself in a position where I worked eight and a half years. I went four years to acting school at NIU and then uh, four and a half years just doing various improv comedy classes at Second City, Improv Olympics, uh, Annoyance. So all those. And um, I found myself asking myself, really, do I want to be an actor? I wasn't sure anymore. Like, I just wasn't sure anymore. If that was the art that I wanted to devote my life to, mm-hmm. I um, found myself having just three thoughts uh, that led to a really, really hard time, which was um, three thoughts was uh, I've, I might be a has-been and I tried something and someone's just going to go like, oh, Logan, didn't you try acting out? Like, how did that go for you? Had that thought. Then I had another thought of I've never really been in love with someone. Like really like it, like loved. I uh, had one heartbreak where I would, you know, walk into the bathroom and I just, I really just hoped and yearned that there would be a, a nightlight in the bathroom because I didn't want to see my own face or see my own body. And I, I just wanted to see just enough to see the, the toilet <laughs> and just enough to see the, uh, not to get too visual, but. Um, and what, why was it that you didn't want to see your own face? Your own body? I felt so, so disgusted with myself. Like I wasn't able to uh, achieve love with someone. Like I wasn't able to actually um, be a person that was selfless enough to, to be with them. Even though I, I gave, 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 thought I thought I gave enough, but it wasn't enough. So that just disgust with myself and, and feeling like it was an image problem. Like I wasn't good looking enough, you know, that what it comes down to. So I've had um, that trauma, which is body dysmorphia and um, just never feeling like. Can I, you describe I that? Um, are, are you comfortable describing that? I know that you're on point two, so I don't want to, I don't want you to forget. Uh, for yeah. us to forget that you have, there were three thoughts you had. This yeah, is the yeah, second yeah, one, yeah. But if we can sort of digress and then come back. Of course. Um, Body dysmorphia for me was just, even though I was in good shape, there wasn't, it was never enough. It was never good enough. Like I could be in better shape, which is, I think what a lot of people actually have, but they just don't talk about it a lot. Like even if they're in really good shape, like fitness models, like I've, I've had friends that are in like tip top shape where they have veins like running through their legs, running through their arms to their abs and they still see pictures of themselves with these like greek god-like bodies and they don't actually see the greek god body at all um and uh yeah so that came down to just trying to deal with that issue and I, i just hoped every day i'd walk into a bathroom and just by the time i walked out um just get through the mirrors because reflection was just not something i wanted at the time um, okay. uh, and then the third thought that went through my head was, uh, I think self-help is great and motivational speeches are great, but when they're constantly running in your head saying, oh, don't, don't ever believe that you, uh, failed because if you just don't give up, you're not a failure. And, uh, the thought of being a failure to me was the worst, like, just that thought of trying to be an actor and not actually fulfilling it was like, um, 
because uh, my mom died when she was 11. Um, just, you know, let's run over that one too. Um, when she passed away when she was 11, I, I just, I really wanted to devote myself. Wait, wait, your mom died when she when I was 11. Was 11 no, or when, when, I was 11. when you were 11. Okay. I was like, okay. So that's that, that math didn't, uh, no, no. To, to work there, but okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, when she was 11, when I was 11, now you're putting words in my mouth, Eric, look what you're doing. <laughs> look what you're doing. Okay. So, so I'm sorry to joke about, I mean, to joke about that. No, um, but there's maybe. actually, it's really, um, it's really good to joke about your, I think it's really good to joke about suffering every now and then because it's comedy that I think is something mm. that's so important now in my life because it is the best antidote to healing scars. I mean, no prescription drug. No, like just people sharing their story and making fun of their traumas is, I'm not joking you. It's the best in the world to be able to do that mm. um, because mm. it means that, uh, that yeah, life is hard, <laughs> but no matter what, if Shakespeare farts while he's delivering a speech about to be or not to be, I'm still going to laugh like, cause that's so human. So yeah. <laughs> and I think we have our, our, our audio bumper for the podcast right there. Uh oh, uh oh, <laughs> Eric, you didn't you didn't send me the things I can and cannot t- talk about now. <laughs> oh, this is great. No, it's <laughs> nothing. Nothing's off limits here. All right, so um, bringing it back to uh, dealing with uh, difficult times and and trauma and yeah. So your, and your why. So yeah, the, uh, those thoughts went through my head and then, um, I walked to a five level parking garage and, uh, I walked up there and I, and I, I, I walk a lot. Like I'm a huge walker. I just like moving and I walk alone a lot and I like that. Like I like listening to podcasts and walking. I like writing and walking and I was just having that thought, not listening to anything at the time. Um, just having my own thoughts. And then I had those thoughts, walked up to a ledge and just said, why not? Like, why not? Why not me? You know, why not? Why not just step on this ledge and um, just be done with it? It seems kind of easy to do it. Didn't really think too much about it after that thought happened. And I step up and uh, looked down and I jumped and um, I, I, in my head while I was falling, I thought this is going to hurt or this is over. And then I, I, I think a couple minutes went by, I knocked myself unconscious. My leg got pretty bruised up. My knees are bad from snowboarding. And so my legs were just like hurt. They weren't like they were they just felt like uh if you've ever had like the worst growing pains in your in your life like my legs just felt like that like just just like they were just you, they went through some trauma but i lived through it and i said to myself i'm a failure i can't even kill my own self like i can't even i can't even go through with that <laughs> like you are just such a screw up dude uh just and, and this is why I'm doing the work that I'm doing is because um, this work of, of believing that you're one thing is not always true. Like those negative thoughts of like screwing up and having those overly ridiculous, like thinking that uh, 
you're a failure because of uh, your boss having a frown when he walks into work, um, even though that's not true at all. Like, that's not true at all. Like, he could just be having a bad day because well, it was cold outside, and then someone told him uh, on the way to work that uh, he was he was uh, you know insufficient funds, even though he shouldn't have been in insufficient funds. So it's like before we got on air like sometimes it just doesn't matter it's not your fault all the time and so um yeah that's kind of why I do the stuff I do is because I just want more people to know that their negative thoughts don't have to lead to the suicide attempt they don't have to at all so as you you realize that you were um sort of at the whim of whatever thought you had and right and as a result you recognize holy crap like i have this thought it doesn't mean that i should be following those thoughts is that what you're saying yes yeah you should well you should try to disprove it like i really like the idea uh, i don't know if you've ever heard of uh, act russ harris work at all but uh talk about that but okay so like um it's about disproving a thought right away and so mm-hmm. it's really it's about those people who who have anxiety and have the sort of like mm-hmm. overwhelming thought of, um, uh, for example, for me, um, I really have a lot of thoughts like, for example, oh, uh, I, I, uh, I shouldn't write a book because I'm not a writer. Like, ha- ha- oh, Logan, I have that same thought. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> See? But I think the more you tell yourself that thought of I'm not a writer, um, it can give you extreme anxiety. Uh, because you're, you're saying to yourself, like, I want to be something else in the world, but it's exhausting being someone else. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is smarting and starting, I can talk, I swear, starting small uh, by just writing like one sentence and just being like, I am a writer. Like I, I write every day or, or going, like I just texted someone, I texted a friend, like I write every day. That idea of like, I'm not a writer is just <laughs> BS. Like really, yeah. I, you know, for Logan, for for me, I've been. Uh, I was just recently. Uh, my uh, I wrote an article for uh, Attitude Magazine, which is a an ADHD magazine. Um, and this is the second time I wrote an article for them that my article was chosen as the is the cover story article. Um, and so it's it's sort of hard to see that and hold the belief that I'm not a writer at the same time. Um, and so I've one of the things that I have uh, been shifting my mindset is such as writing is hard. Yes. Yeah. Like I can write, but writing is hard and I don't necessarily enjoy it most of the time. Although occasionally I, I do. So it's something that I've been wrestling with and I've, and I've shared on the podcast before um, where, I, or I would say that I do have some writing trauma. Um, I, there was a class that I took in my undergrad where I, uh, one of the semesters I actually had to withdraw uh, for some medical reasons. And so I get incompletes. And so my due dates on these like papers were just whenever you finish it, which is the worst kind of due date for someone with ADHD. And I spent a good eight hours a day for an entire semester working on a three page paper. Oh my God. So there's a lot of pain with writing. Yeah. <laughs> and I look back to my, to grad school. I'm like, I don't know how I, I finished my thesis, you know, my, my, uh, my research. Cause it was, that was the longest thing I've ever wrote. Um, but yeah, so the, the stories that we tell ourselves are, you know, they are that they are stories yeah oh my god they're just they and the thing is is those stories really make up the person that you are 
like and mm-hmm. and there's a quote that uh uh i think gives people a little bit too much pressure it's um you're the person you are when no one else is around yeah and the the way you show up in the world when no one else is around um is the way that not everyone will remember you but the work that you put out in the world when you're just alone and the thoughts mm-hmm. that you have when you're alone are so critical and i don't know if there's really that many people thinking about that stuff which is um it's a little morbid but to be able to go by the time i die this is what i want to have on my gravestone like i want to have that I, I i published these works and it was hard but i did it and i i want to do this because why like i want i want people to know who i was even when i'm gone and that's okay if i had to go through some like hard times to get to that um mm-hmm. knowing that i have at least put out some work that because that's like the ultimate give to me is to be able to give even when you're not here like that is mm-hmm. scratching my it's about, our, it's about our legacy yeah. right yeah absolutely it's, it's, uh, um and some people don't care about that and i give them so much brick and i wish i was them like, i wish i could switch places but i can't do you though because i think that when when we say that we don't care um we are what we're trying to do is is put on the armor to protect ourselves from the pain and when uh, when we put on the armor to protect ourselves from the pain we have the armor on that avoid that that prevents us from experiencing love and joy Oh, that is, uh, you are good at what you do by asking that question. That is a very good question. Very good question. Because um, it's a tough answer because I know that some of the greatest art that I've ever consumed in my life came from someone else's deep, deep sorrow and pain of um, just sharing their story and when they were sharing that, I said inside my head, I no longer feel alone. And that's what my podcast is about. Is it, that's what scratching your own itch is about, is just being able to be creative, compassionate, curious, and also make people feel less alone at the same time. Um, so um, that's why I, I kind of say that and the answer in that way is just that way is, is because of the idea that um, when there's just love and joy and I hear that, like sometimes I'm listening to all these two people alone and I'm like, Oh, love and joy. Like, I just wish I was there, not here, just watching it. You know what I mean? You want to be in that. Mm-hmm. But when you hear someone share something that's deep, scarring, um, traumatic, um, and they're doing it inside the warmth of just knowing that, there are people that might have the same thoughts um, and that gives them the privilege and also the confidence to even deliver this hard story to tell. Um, uh, to me, is that's why arts, artists are so noble and I think they're warriors um, in my eyes, uh, no matter what, what definition you have of art. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question exactly, but that was the best I can do. You know, and I think that people who go through uh, difficult uh, scenarios, different difficult life events, um, and do come out the other side, um, sh- sharing that story to sh- to to share the the both the the resiliency of sort of the human spirit, 
and to, to offer that hope. Um, I think it, it goes to, to show that what the way we respond in life, no matter what happens, is not about the events that happens to us. It's about how we interpret that event that happens to us. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, what was the last uh, hard event that you had that uh, you had to interpret in a, in a way that was positive rather than negative? In a way that was positive rather than negative? What do you, tell me what you mean. I saw on your face you had a thought about, because uh, I can see you right now, uh, which gives uh, a little bit of a, I think, insider of what you had thought. The first thing that you probably thought was, oh, gosh, like I responded in, in a bad way. But that was because of your inner critic, I think. But I want you to actually uh, give an example. I would like for you to give an example where there was obviously something that was traumatic to you and you turned something good out of it instead of bad. It's, it's the, the hero's journey, sort of like you hear about Batman losing his parents at a young age instead of getting mad and being like, I'm going to go and destroy every single robber that's ever, uh, you know, even pointed their gun at a, at a person that's a mom or a dad. He actually took that and started saving people from ever having to go through that himself. Um, so, you know, I typically have nine thoughts at, at the same time. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick one of those thoughts uh, to, to respond to your question. <laughs> right? My first thought was, wait a minute, who's interviewing who, who who's interviewing who here? And let's, uh, let's keep moving. Uh, no. And, and I think I'm just being uh, um, uh, cautious to share because I'm, it, the the I guess the thing that happened uh, recently involves so, uh, involves somebody else who did something that was very hurtful uh, to me. But just because I I still I want to uh, respect their privacy, I don't really want to talk too much about it. Yeah. But yeah, I was uh, my my integrity was challenged by somebody um, was very misinformed in the way that they went about doing something was very hurtful, um, and so I think the 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 way I sort of view this as a, as a positive was, um, I mean, to me, like my, my integrity is something that is very, uh, it's, it's one of my highest core values. Um, and so, uh, being falsely accused of something, um, which is what would happen was, which is extremely hurtful. I was able to look at, uh, this through a different lens and offer compassion despite the person, um, saying things that were very untrue and, and hurtful and also being able to know that, you know, I've been through similar stuff like this before and I've come out the other side and it hurts real bad in the, in the moment when you're going through it. But so I was able to, to draw on the evidence of my history and say, okay, I've, I have dealt with stuff, you know, sort of similar to this before. Um, and I've always come out the other side. And so as being able to, to know that that was going to happen um, and uh, sort of, I guess, staying true to, uh, to my beliefs uh, and, you know, not, not lashing out in anger, even though I had every right to be angry. Um, and I was, I was hurt. I guess I, I, I saw a, a person who was hurting themselves and um, may have, uh, um, where there may have been some other stuff going on uh with, with that person that's all i really want to say about cool. that um but but yeah i mean it's it's um it's not about 
what happens to us. It's, it's about what, how we think about what happens to us. You know, it's, I think, uh, a, a core example, uh, when I was growing up with my, my dad had a very, uh, uh, life altering, uh, uh, brain injury, uh, where he had a uh, brain surgery on his brainstem, which is not a good area to have anything happen to, uh, in your brain. And, uh, and it changed him in a, pro- in profound ways. Um, and it's, you know, it sucks, still sucks, but I can look at that and say, you know, oh, life is unfair. But what I choose to, to say is, um, you know, shit happens and sometimes life is random and, you know, the universe doesn't play favorites. Um, and so you can either play a victim or you could try to learn a lesson from whatever the world throws at you. Um, and the lesson that I chose to, to learn is to fully learn who you are as an individual, your strengths, your challenges, and develop workarounds when things uh, are, uh, are challenging. Because uh, the, the experience that I had is watching my, my dad try to do the things that he used to be able to do with now different abilities. Um, it was hard to watch. So I was watching someone who was in kind of in denial uh, for a long, long time. Um, and I knew that that was not the life that I wanted to live. Um, and so it, it hit that it influenced significantly, uh, why, what I do, um, you know, cause I've, yeah, I have, I have challenges, but I'm not going to let that hold me back. What I'm going to do is figure out the workarounds. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. I, that resonates with me so much. You have no idea. Same with my father, but he has a bad hip and he used to run and bike like 14 miles a day no joke like this man would come home from around like 6 30 he'd come home and he just got done with work and gosh like he was just drowned in sweat and and huffing and puffing and uh you could just tell the man worked out he had a great and he used to take me as as a kid like in a little like baby stroller thing and i would usually just sit there and he would like you know run while this like thing was attached to his hip and and now the man takes um, almost 15 minutes just to get out the door. When uh, back in the day he was, you know, running, biking, mm-hmm. being active. And it's, I like literally just, I watch it. Like I'm sure you watch your dad where uh, you see someone that you looked up as, as a hero that was just uh, bulletproof. And uh, you find out really soon that they're not bulletproof. That even though that's, it's really scary to think about like, change happening i just uh think you're so right in that it's not what you do while it's changing it's what you do with the challenge and the challenge Mm -hmm. in the way that you deal with the challenge is is the definition of of the the personality that you are and and the story that you tell yourself if you say that you're strong enough to get through it like and you're actually positive and you said i think a, a preconceived definition of what it is to be successful now for you yourself right now in this moment rather than looking back because it's depressing to think about the old times or looking forward because it's really scary and anxiety to think about the future but just to deal with it now and let the challenge come into you um and uh it's it's the challenge that teaches us the most you know it's that the, the, the greatest challenges in my life have been the things that i learned the most from Absolutely. 
that's why I think I talk about vulnerability so much is because I'm just obsessed with learning. I'm obsessed with learning from other people because it's the challenges that they talk about that really made them change. It wasn't the sort of like, oh, you know, I got really lucky. I just kind of fell into modeling or I got really lucky. I just kind of fell into um, podcasting. Like, cause they also too, nine times out of 10, uh, I, I don't think they're in it. Not everyone. Cause this is generalization, but and you say they, who's they, they are the people that things just come easy. They say it just comes easy. I don't know if they're actually uh, really asking themselves the quality questions that lead to a quality life. That's just my opinion. It could be wrong. Well, and the things that we, that we see from the outside coming easy to, to others, like, is, is that even the case? Or, or is that, you know, because I think what, one of the things that happens so often is that we judge people's outsides by comparing it to our insides. And it's not, it's not a fair comparison. That. I love that you just said that, actually. I love that you say that because um, it's the details within a story that allows diamonds to really show up, uh, if, if it makes sense at all. Um, because the details of, of the story is um, is usually the hardest thing. Like when you were telling your story about this conflict that you had with one, you, you took a lot of pauses a lot of like you were very 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 selective with the words that you wanted to say and I think that is uh the definition of truth and I, I feel that for example in anyone that's telling the truth it's not easy to do but it's the thing that will save them and, and ultimately give them salvation from their suffering is is being able to tell the truth I don't know if you would you listen to Sam Harris at all yes that guy like he, he makes me so mad and so happy at the same time <laughs> like for anyone who is listening right this right now like check out sam harris because um he'll grind your gears in the best way possible and uh it depends Talking about the uh the, the waking up podcast yeah yeah and just uh, his book and his book online and he talks about 99 percent of our problems would be solved if we just told the truth because um hmm. If we did, then we would be less, uh, it, I guess, less, the word is, I, I would say that we would be less inclined to go, okay, um, what did I What did I actually say? Because if you keep lying, you, you lose your identity. Like, you just don't know who you are. And it, I, I think for me, why honesty is such an important thing for me, because I, you know, when I, when I was a kid, I, I got caught lying all the time, right? <laughs> and my parents, my parents came so hard at me every time. Like, and I was like, it's so unfair, you know? It's And it's like, and it's one of those things I look back at. I'm like, wow, that must have been hard for my parents to, to stick to all, like those really long extended punishments. But it's, it's something that's so important to me now is honesty. But I think part of it is because I'm like, I don't want to have to hold mental space in my head for trying to keep track of a story. Like who do I tell what to It's like, it's just, it by default, I'm just honest, you know, and, and, uh, I, I don't make things up and, uh, cause I'll, cause I, I, would, I would get caught and that's, so it's just easier that way for my ADHD brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, also too, the more stories you make up, um, the more I, be- I totally believe in, uh, not having a clear sense of what you actually want to do with the world. Like you talk about like 
the more stories you have to remember now, like it's just hard for your ADHD brain to just remember it all. But if you just simply know that uh, this is your truth and it allows you to actually show up and be that person that's in, it has integrity, like you said earlier, one of your core values is integrity. Um, another a core value of mine is, is also integrity. And I think we both share honesty in one. Uh, but I- and, and I think too, look, humility too, because, you know, integrity is one of my core values. And at the same time, I know and I'm very aware that there will be times when I will do something that is absolutely out of integrity. And that's called being human. Right. And it's and I think what, what drives motivation is that that there's this pain that when you look at a behavior and compare it to the, the ideal of how you're trying to live and there's a, there's a mismatch there. I mean, that's, that's where, where you know, we look at, at uh, the, at guilt. Well, what Brene Brown talks about is guilt is good because it focuses on behavior where, where shame focuses on the person. Right. So if I, you know, like if I catch myself gossiping, right, I, I may have been guilty of it once or twice you know, <laughs> um, but it's something, that, but it's, it's one of those things. Like when I, when I catch myself doing, I'm like, Oh, it's like, I, I don't want to be doing that. Right. And so it's, it's because I, I, I don't, I don't think it's the right thing to do. And so it's, it's actually an area that, that over the last, uh, you know, handful of years, like I, you know, and, and I love what Brene Brown talks about. It's gossip is a, is, is sort of it hot wires connection. It's a really easy, juicy way to connect with people. Right. Yeah but it's not authentic connection. Yes. And I'm going, this is why I'm going to kind of blow your mind in a little bit. You asked about, <laughs> you asked about love and, and being able to be with someone and like have those happy times with someone. You, you asked earlier about love, right? Mm-hmm. I find myself reflecting a lot. Either sometimes I'm not always energized enough to be writing stuff down, but I certainly use apps where I can record my thoughts and, I, I, I found myself reflecting and asking myself when I was happiest during the day. And it was also, oftentimes when I was with other people that I, I quote unquote loved, right? But I quote unquote loved because we were gossiping about a matter that was just mm. negative, that was making people mm. f- that if they were in the same room, they would actually feel bad about themselves. Yeah. But we felt good doing it, right? Like, so there was this love and this happiness that was happening, like, between each other. It's like a cheap high. Yeah, it's exactly. Oh, my God, that's a good phrase. I love that. (laughs) Cheap high. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. Um, So, you know, it's like it feels good in the moment. And then afterwards, you're just like, oh, like, why did I just eat that third piece of cake? Oh, right. It's it's like amazing while it's in your mouth, but it's like. And then you completely regret it and you feel like you feel awful the next day. And it's, so it's, yeah, it's, and I think that true integrity is involved in making a lot of hard decisions. Yeah, exactly. It is the, the people that really mentored me and the people that I've always looked up to, even though they told me things that I don't want to hear at the moment or were really hard on me. I mean, now mm-hmm. that if I'm like, and I'm not saying your life has to be like constantly like whipping yourself in the back, like every single day, if you're not hurting yourself in some area, I just, I just uh, wish for more people to take small mini steps towards going and reflecting on was it really worth uh, my time to just gossip about that 
thing yeah. or worth my time. And th that's why I think questions are so much more important than answers. And that's what scratch your own itch is. It's really asking yourself the curious questions that's going to solve a problem for someone else uh, that is going to make them a better person overall. Um, and in performance, either physically or mentally or spiritually, whatever it may be, whatever sort of, because everyone has different languages and, and we think in such different waves of patterning. So, yeah. You know, and I think you know, the, the, when we are thinking about asking those big questions, I'm, I'm attempting to set up a segue into the break here. Um, so thinking about asking the big questions, a question you might want to ask yourself is what can I do in my life right now that can make a, a big difference? And maybe it's something like the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group. I want to take a quick break to uh, share with listeners a little bit more about that. And when we return, we'll talk more about the stories that we tell ourselves. All right, it's time for a quick ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group registration update. As of Friday, February 16th, 2018, 22 out of the 36 spots have been filled. There are 14 total spots left. Section one has five spots left. Section two has eight spots left. And section three only has one spot left. Don't get stuck on the wait list. If you've been thinking about joining this group, schedule the call. Go to coachingrewired.com. That's coachingrewired.com. And we are back. This conversation right now is happened three seconds before the, the the segue after you heard the break. And so I think both of us are like, really, I'm not sure if that segue really worked, but we're keeping it in. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had the inkling of an idea and go, oh, I want to, I want to just pretend that I took a really nice big gulp of water. But then I was like, no, that's not the truth. That's not the theme of what we're on right now. <laughs> We're truth tellers right now. So let's not do that, Logan. So, yeah. So truth telling and storytelling. And I think that, that there's, like, is there a, a, let me, let me back up. Ooh, I can, I can see you really thinking about an awesome question to ask. Sometimes I think people have a, they're, they believe that their story is truth. And so when we talk about these lies that we tell ourselves, right? Part of what we refer to in, in cognitive behavioral therapy as a cognitive distortion, right? Is a lie that we're telling ourselves, but we don't really recognize it as a lie. It, it feels very much like the truth, right? right? And so it really is a story. And so if we, you know, no matter where we are in our life, if we're struggling with something, you know, it's really identifying what are those those beliefs? Because those beliefs are, you know, you could say, well, it's your personal truth, but our personal truth is not the same thing as truth. Right. And I think that these these words get get sort of, uh, I don't know, mixed up and confused. 
Speaking of getting uh, Dan Harris, not I don't think related to Sam Harris, but I often actually get those two people confused. Uh, the, the guy that wrote, they're at ten percent happier. Who um, I still wish he would have went with the, the title he wanted to go with that book, but his publisher wouldn't let him. Uh, and that the the title was "My Inner Voice Is an Asshole," um, which is such a great because it's like well, we can take a step back and say we all have this narrator in our mind from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep. Right. And we've all heard these things like we have like 50,000 thoughts, you know, in, in a day. And, you know, and that's just regular people. Right. That's, that's not the ADHD tribe. It's like we probably double that. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> when we think about if we can take a step back and this is where I think mindfulness is so important, where we could observe our thoughts and go, huh, isn't that interesting? Like, where does this thought come from? And really being curious about it. I mean, I, I have thoughts all the time that are, you know, for lack of a better word, they're just kind of crazy thoughts. Right. And in there, there's somewhere between random to absurd to like, I don't know where this comes from, but it's like, but there are people who they, they think because they think it, that they, they have to believe it. Right. And it's that power of challenging that inner dialogue. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Logan, how do you how do you challenge your inner dialogue now? Oh my God, uh, I'm challenging it right now. You know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that go like, take action. You know, and and when you hear that, not just action, it's take massive action. Take, oh yeah, exactly, <laughs> massive action. Um, and the thing is, is uh, it, even though it sounds very hokey pokey. And even I, I love the idea of the universal law, like, oh, once I once I started, um, you know, wanting to be a, a sort of like a self-help author. Also, I saw all these people that people were saying and they were saying the same thing I was saying. So why would I want to say it? Like it's already been said. So, you know, it comes down to, I think, um, being OK with knowing that. The message is important, but more importantly, the messenger is is the ultimate thing that needs to be done. So for me, like, I honestly, like, no joke, yesterday had a thought about being on your podcast today, which was, I don't want to be on this podcast because, <laughs> like, it's going to, like, I'm going to probably say something stupid. Like, I don't know what the heck people are going to think of me after they hear about, you know, this story that I really just don't want to share about, but I know I have to about the suicide because I don't want to be known as a suicide kid. So the main question was, though, how do I deal with that that sort of, uh, how do I test those thoughts and make them, I think that it is going inside and saying, okay, what are my preconceived ideologies about myself and then thinking five years ago where was I super wrong in that and I guarantee if you take like just two minutes just two minutes set a timer like on your clock and just think of 10 things that happened to you five years ago where if you even thought about doing that same thing it could be like the thought of like um you know sleeping in or the thought about maybe uh, going to a job you hate because finally you're starting to just honor yourself and be yourself or the thought about uh, being a people pleaser and telling someone a lie uh, just so they're happy, but it doesn't really 
ultimately make you happy. So I think it, just by going that change is possible and it's potential energy that you, that is good to tap into is really, 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 to me, it jazzes me out and geeks me out because it allows me to believe that even the person that I am right now is uh, I'm like fully potential to learning anything that I want to learn from someone else that I find inspiring because guess what? Like that is my truth. That is everyone's truth to be, to step in the shoes of someone that is doing something that inspires you and to go, I'm going to accomplish that. And then what's the next thing you're talking about mindfulness to enjoy that too. Like during the day, like, let's face it, no one's going to write a book in just one day because it's going to be a masterpiece, but to just allow it to be a masterpiece for you to like own you when you're doing it because no one else is going to be like you. So um, for me, I always go back to uh, be, be Logan. Uh, as much as I can, and that's my truth. Unless and, if you can be Batman, because if you can be Batman, you should be Batman. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that meme come from? I mean, it's like it seems to like pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I see it all the time, and I'm like, um, all right, well, uh, if you're a billionaire and you can do whatever you want, and uh, and and if your parents did lose their lives to a robber because you weren't um you weren't brave enough to jump in front of the gun somehow like then you should be batman go do it anyway <laughs> you took that to a whole new level <laughs> i did i did and i and now i feel admittedly embarrassed and that's all right so, so, so tell us tell us a story that's in your head right now a story right now that's my head yeah oh um so you, so you said you're feeling embarrassed yeah yeah i'm feeling embarrassed because i know that my mind loves to go to the morbid and the dramatic things mm. instead of going to the, uh, the sort of like the, f- I always feel like, Oh, I should be funnier. I should be funnier. I should, I, I should make some people laugh and having that pressure is just not who I am. Like being deep and vulnerable because it's so funny that the thing that we're often really, really great at, is the some people say the uncashed million dollar check we don't know we're really really great at it because we're seeing it from inside the driver's car instead of looking outside of it and that's why like your group is so important and what you do is so important is because when people go hey eric you're really good at this you should think about maybe exploring this thing that you do this this sort of i call it my area of supremacy some people have dubbed it your genius or your zone, yeah, of, zone genius, of genius, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to find your area of supremacy, though, if you're constantly only looking inside the driver's seat and you actually never get outside of the car and look at how awesome your car is. Do you think, Logan, that um, part of where people don't identify, like uh, where where other people are saying, "Wow, you're really good at that," and uh, where, where some people are sort of dismissive of that or um, have a hard time seeing that themselves. Do you think that part of that is because that, that area where um, uh, that area of supremacy or zone of genius, that because it doesn't feel hard to that person, they feel like things that are worthwhile should feel hard. Do you think that that's as part of why people don't 
lean into that thing that they're really good at? Yes. Can I can I tell a little bit of story about that? Please do. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So after right after my uh, suicide attempt, I uh, did seven days of isolation, where I, yeah. I I did not talk to another person at all. I locked myself in my house basically, and um, I had enough food that I gathered uh, that I knew I could live off of for the next seven days. And I just did some reflecting. And uh, I also did a lot of like trying to work out, but my leg was bummed. So I just did like sit-ups and push-ups. And the reason why I did those things, like did push-ups and sit-ups, and then I started reflecting is because the mind, when it's not working on something, it gets really unhappy. And when there's not a progression that it thinks it's working on, it gets really kind of like bored and miserable. And so the brain even though it'll be told like, hey, you should work on something that is really easy. You don't want to do it anymore because you've already accomplished it. And you go, why, why, why explore this thing that I'm already really good at? If I'm really good at making people laugh or I'm really good at making people uh, feel like they can just be them and be alone, uh, even though it comes easy to you, you just don't feel like doing it anymore because you feel like you're good at it and you mastered it. And I think that's like, um, people talk about like happiness and stuff. Like I like psychologists, psychologists are smart as heck. Like they've already proved it like progression. And the reason why people are so addicted to games and working on something that is, is not entirely easy to them, but to have a, a inkling of progression and also an inkling, a challenge at the same time when it comes together and there's both of those worlds colliding is what it is to be truly happy. Um, and so for you to say that question to me makes total sense of why the human brain works in the way it does is, is the thing that's easy. I think like once the king becomes king, all of a sudden he goes, I don't even know if I want to be king anymore. I just want to be a queen because that seems <laughs> the way that's so far out that I'd rather be a completely different. Mm. I would have a completely yeah. different idea. I, I'd, I'd rather be someone completely different because this is just too easy. Way too easy. It's sort of that idea that we always want to be where we're not. <sighs> Do you have that thought like 14,000 times a day? I just wish I was somewhere else right now. I often think about what's next. I also, uh, and this has been like a, a, a thought that I've had for, for a while. Is like, what if I get bored of what I'm doing? Like, uh, fortunately, so far, I haven't, you know, that hasn't happened. But I'm just sort of like knowing myself the way I do. I'm like, is it going to happen? Like, am I going to hit a point where I'm like, and eh, it's a podcasting thing. It's whole ADHD thing. This is old news. I want to do something else. Like, and, and, I, and I have that that fear, right? And it's like, fortunately, I haven't... It, that hasn't come to fruition at all, but I'm like, I don't know. Cause I know that, you know, especially when I was younger, I had the history of, Oh, I'm bored of that. Oh, I'm bored of that. Oh, I'm bored of that. Oh, I've did that done. I'm, you know, time for something else. Right. And so I don't know. I maybe just cause people with ADHD are so freaking awesome and interesting that, that it's, you know, it's, it's a great population to be working with um, and be a part <laughs> of cause it's uh, you know, we're, we're interesting people. So I, I don't know. It's uh, um you know, there there are times where I'm like, oh, would, would I be better? Uh, should I spend more time doing, uh, say, like uh, speaking? Like, because right, I love to, I love to speak, I love to present, because uh, I can see people uh, really like making connections with what I'm what I'm saying. I'm like, should I be spending more time doing that? 
And then I have thoughts of why do I live in Illinois? I hate the cold. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, you know, I, I swore that I was going to move to California like after grad school and that never happened. And it's, you know, it's so, yeah, I mean, th- those thoughts do occur. Um, but you know, it's, I also, uh, I have found that by having gratitude for the wonderful, amazing things that I have in my life, um, it, it does kind of quelch those, those other, um, when my, when my inner narrator is being like, I want one more. I want something else. Is, this is boring. I wanted to do something else. It, it's uh, a quote, uh, Ryan McRae, who was on the show a, lo- a while back, who, who said, refers to his ADHD as like, he has these like, four-year-olds that are in his head and they just want attention and, you know, they have to sort of, you need to do things to sort of direct them to calm, calm them down. Um, so it's sort of like that. It's so I find that a practice of gratitude is really helpful when I'm, when I am feeling like I always want to be somewhere else. Yeah, that is so important that you bring up gratitude. And it just, only the people that do it, I think, allow themselves to just be raw because gratitude is not sexy. It's not something that you can sell and, and like looks good on someone. It's just honestly the best thing though, whenever you're feeling like, oh God, like I just want to be, I just want to be in California or I just want to like, because once you start doing that to yourself, I know it's like, right. for me, it's like, it's like stubbing my toe over and over and over on that same corner. And I know that corner is right there, but I keep <laughs> stubbing my toe. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you do it to yourself anyway, mm-hmm. and it becomes a habit. And then you don't know what to do when someone goes, I'm just destined for the rest of my life to keep stubbing my toe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could put some like, uh, uh, um, cushion on that corner or I could move that piece of furniture that I keep stubbing my toe on or it's like no I'm just gonna leave it there and just curse it every time it happens <laughs> so, you know, it's like we have a choice on how we respond to things exactly exactly and it just that I think is the most important thing that you can say is or in that matter ask do I have a choice to keep doing this thing that that is stubbing my toe or do I have a choice to keep thinking into the future, even though it has nothing to do, like, it's good to think in the future. Like it's cool that we have that ability, but we're the only species. If you've ever read stumbling on happiness by Dan Gilbert, he talks about we're the only species that actually thinks about the future as much as we do. We're the only species that's capable of thinking about the future as much as we do. And that directly correlates to, not being really, really good at the moment that we're in. And if we're not really, really good at the moment that we're in, we're going to keep trying to be someone that we're not. And it all dubs back to truth. If you're not continually trying to just be who you are, and sometimes that means zigging and zagging and trying 14,000 different things at once, or that means hey, heck, I've actually really, 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 really hated stubbing my toe on this corner. That is, I want to do something new every two weeks. And every time I do that, I find myself getting nowhere and asking yourself, okay, I stubbed my toe and it hurts so much. I don't even know if I have a toe there anymore because it hurts (laughs) so much. I just want to, I love how this metaphor came up, but I'm just going to instead, I'm going to take a a six month chapter 
join a group that I know will be there around me and be like, Hey man, like, why do you keep doing this? Like you're like different every two weeks or, Hey, yeah, I've had to just talk to you for a second. Like maybe it's a girlfriend of yours, you know, I just gotta say like every two weeks, it seems like you want to be someone completely different. But when you have that group around you, that, that, that signals this to you, that says that it's usually a good indicator that you've got to fix that freaking corner or you're not going to have a toe anymore. <laughs> like just get yourself into a group or around of people that, that, that you know will hold you up and say the stuff that you don't want to hear, even though you have to listen to. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's hard, but it is important. It is important. You know, um, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen um, Brene Brown's um, manifesto of the brave and brokenhearted. I haven't. I gotta check this out. There's, it's, it's a you can, you can do a Google search for it. Uh, it's like a one page thing. Um, I just wanted to share a, a little passage of it because I think it's relevant to this conversation. It's, uh, it's just a passage from from uh, from this. Um, With skinned knees and bruised hearts, we choose owning our stories of struggle over hiding, over hustling, over pretending. When we deny our stories, they define us. When we run from struggle, we are never free. Yeah, it's so true. The struggling is salvation. Like if you just plant your feet and... uh, but it's really weird, like listening to that. When you read that, do you want to live in that all the time? I sure don't. <laughs> like, mm. but I don't think that if you live. I think if we live life that way, where we lean into difficulties, it, then I think one of the things that happens is we create a we create a life for ourselves where less difficulties are uh, are presented because we are living in a way that is most authentic. And, um, and so, yeah, there will be challenges in our life. And uh, if we're, if we want to do big things, you know, we're going to be in the arena and we're going to get knocked down sometimes. But I think the alternative of just wondering what it would be like to, you know, to be doing the big thing to me, that that's the thing that keeps me up at night. That's the thing that, that, that I think, what what am I not doing that could have an impact on on others? So, and then there's the struggle is is there, but I also think that's where the joy comes from. Agreed. Yeah, that's I love that you said that because that makes uh, someone if you heard that more certain. I think certain that um, that you're not the only one. Certain that that way of living is not always the habit that you your body wants to feel but the habit that you need to sort of like cultivate and exercise and and uh take measurement on because it won't be managed if you don't so yeah yeah that's good so logan where can people uh learn more about what you're doing your podcast and all that kind of stuff oh man scratch your own itch podcast is on itunes iHeartRadio. You can check it out on uh, even uh, SoundCloud. If you'd like, you can go to LoganTylerNelson.com. I have all my podcasts on there, as well as check out my Facebook. I'm, I'm mostly on Facebook. I like Facebook the most. So just uh, look for me on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Logan Nelson backslash three, 
I'm not. Don't worry, you don't need to remember any of this. All those links will be in the show notes. Oh, no, you have to remember this. Otherwise, <laughs> it's going to be on the test. Uh, it's open book. <laughs> well, I just don't. I just, I don't want people to hang out with me that aren't challenging themselves. In- <laughs> I mean, this conversation has been about, no, no, make it super simple. Yeah. So thank you, Eric, for doing that. Well, thank you so much Logan, for sharing your story and for, uh, uh, you know, it really seems like you are cultivating other people's stories and their experiences as well and bringing this together to help people know that um, we are capable of living bigger lives, stretching ourselves and really making a, a, a more significant difference on both our, our, the world locally around us, whether that's our, ourselves, our friends and family, or a larger, larger world, um, where, where our voices are heard, you know, uh, across countries and, um, and our reach is great. So, um, thank you for, for doing what you're doing. Uh, Eric, thank you so much. I just want to say too, like, I meet a lot of people that I'll talk to on podcasts that are completely different off air than they are on air and I just want to say Eric is the exact same way that he is in off air that he is an on air and that's so cool because this whole conversation has been about truth and uh to show up as you and to show up as no one else um to me like hey if you're like really confused right now in life uh either join his group or just become friends with us. Like email me at Logan at Logan Nelson.com. And I just want to simply help you find your truth. And, um, and I know it's really hard to like think about, but really like it just becomes easier to be able to uh, be visible um, and not to have to feel like you need to put on a cloak or some sort of outfit or some sort of costume to show up in the world. Um, and Unless you like wearing costumes and then, you know, get your, get your freak on. Then. Get your freak on and be you. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Logan, thank you so much. This is fun. Thank you, Eric. As likewise, man. This is Eric Tivers. Thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode. Learn more about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group and sign up for my email newsletter to get exclusive content that you won't get anywhere else. It's all at ADHDrewired.com. Support ADHD Rewired and help replenish our coaching group scholarship fund by becoming a monthly patron at patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. Different levels of support get different perks. You can give just a buck or three or five bucks a month or more. Every little bit helps. And it's an awesome way for you to let me know that you value this show the community, and everything else we do. That's patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tivers. Subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube to see select interviews and other videos I've made. 
VADHD Rewired Community is now a secret group on Facebook. So that's one less reason to not just be a passive listener, but to be an active member of our community. Fill out our short screening form at our website, ADHDrewired.com. We screen everyone before they join. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities or on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Quora, or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends, your family, your clients, as well as your coaches, therapists, and doctors. If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, be sure to tell them about this podcast. You can even show them how to download it on their phone or even do it for them. And if you really love this episode, please hit share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. One of the biggest things you really can do to support this podcast and to help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and review on the Apple Podcast app or on Stitcher or any other podcast app that supports and accepts ratings and reviews. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Need some ideas on where to start other than Brene Brown's Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability? Then I would recommend The One Thing by Gary Keeler. Oh, and if you by any chance know Brene Brown, please let her know how grateful I am for all of her work and what she means to me and the ADHD community, and that she's welcome on my show anytime. And in the one in like 7 billion chance that Brene, you're listening, please come and be a guest. Thanks. This is Eric Tivers reminding you, keep learning, keep growing, and keep connecting. And no matter how hard it all feels... Remember, we can do hard things. Until next time.